Hi, it's Larry from Hawthorne Bank. You know, our goal in 2022, as in years past, is to put as many friendly faces in more familiar places all over town as we can. At Hawthorne Bank, we'll continue to do what we can for our community, our schools, and our nonprofit organizations. Hawthorne Bank cares. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Good morning. I'm Daniel Wilson. I'm the Deacon of the Week. If there's anything I can help you with throughout the week, give me a call. My number's on the screen. Um, for the past month or so, the church has been in a drive of uh, updating the church directory. Uh, now we've gone to online. If you have not updated your um, picture information, after the service, go to Howard's class and the younger adults in the congregation will help set that up uh, for you. Um, so if... Uh, as Barry said earlier, uh, Pat's first Sunday is going to be next week. And so uh, there's three things you can do to uh, help with that transition. The first is update your uh, entry into the church directory. 20 years ago when we had, when Randy first came, there was a big deal of you had to introduce yourself and over the course of a year or two, hope that he remembered your name. And he hoped that you told him your name instead of someone else's. Uh, which did happen, but that's a different story. Uh, so with the online directory, that won't happen this time, uh, hopefully. But uh, the second thing is pray. Um, pray, ask God how he might use you as we start this transition. And the third is, as we said before, find an Experiencing God small group uh, and join it. So bow with me, please. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of, of a new day. Uh, and a new time in our congregation. Lord, I pray that uh, you would move in our body so that we might reach the lost uh, across the street and around the world. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Please remain standing. Let's read aloud together Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23. Amen. You may be seated. Morning. Morning. <laughs> I brought my hammer today. It says object lesson. Really, there's object lessons, so stay tuned. First one is this. I hold before you a hammer. Average hammer, regular hammer, faded, well-used hammer, a little bit loose in its head hammer. But an extraordinary carpenter could come in through those doors back there and do, take this average hammer and do some extraordinary work. Agreed? Now, once that work was done, we wouldn't say, wow, what a hammer. We say, wow, what a carpenter able to take such an average 
tool and do such extraordinary work. I just want to acknowledge right up front what most of you already know, what a few of you in particular already know. I'm just an average tool. Um, a little bit more faded and gray than when I started my spiritual life around here. Uh, a little bit loose in my head, according to some folks. <laughs> but I happen to know an extraordinary carpenter. And his name is Jesus. So my hope and my prayer today is what goes on in this place will not call attention to me, the tool, but to him, the carpenter. I got thinking about that a little bit. Ah. And uh, I was really impressed to uh, do a little object lesson to show you the gospel. To show you the gospel. Um, it says, as we hear the gospel... Let's not only hear it, let's see it today. I'm, I'm a guy who learns more through my eyes and my ears. God knew that when he gave me my daddy because he loved object lessons. And so, again, this is a showing of the gospel. The gospel starts, the good news, well, gospel just means good news. The good news starts off with bad news. Let's say this is God over here, pictures of God. This represents God. This represents me, me and you. The bad news is we all start off, we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all had the poison, the cancer of selfishness, sin that separates us from Almighty God. And what can we do from our side to make ourselves right with Him? Huh? Our works? Not, not by our works, is it? Huh? No. But God so loved the that He gave us His only begotten. We couldn't come to him, but he built a bridge from him to us. Jesus came to us. Jesus died on the cross for us. Jesus built a bridge through his death, his resurrection, and he's living in now and knocks on our heart's door. Who has to let him in? Can I let him into your heart? Can you let him into my heart? When I was a nine-year-old boy in a house across town that's going through some major changes right now. I just didn't feel quite right. So my daddy took me apart and shared with me this very thing I'm sharing with you. And he got down to the, this part of it. He said, for God so loved Dale that he gave his only begotten son that if Dale would just believe, God was knocking on my heart's door. And that night I knelt down beside my daddy and I believed. Believed is just accepting the gift that God offers us. You like to get gifts? Yeah. But for the gift to become yours, you must accept it, receive it. And that night, I received him, asked him in to be my Lord. And he came into my life. And not only that, he brought me into his life and sealed me there. This is in Ephesians 1.13. Sealed me there with his precious Holy Spirit, friends. I got God on the inside and the outside, and I'm sealed there. What's going to get me out of there? Absolutely nothing. But wait a minute, friends. It tells us in Ephesians 2, 10, that if anyone is in, that, that, that as we are in Christ, we are his workmanship. Wait a minute. Yes, I'm his tool, but did you ever check last time you, that a carpenter brings more than one tool to, to the to workplace, huh? You notice that? He brings more than one tool to the workplace. Friends, if you're here 
and you're in here, you've accepted Christ, guess what? I'm not the only tool in here, am I? Look around you. Look around you. Around you, every person that is here in this place, we're a part of this toolbox, aren't we? We're a part of this toolbox. And can the extraordinary carpenter do some pretty extraordinary things with his tools and toolbox? You bet. Think about it. Think about you as his tool, a part of his toolbox. One last little kind of object lesson story I'd like to share with you. Um, <clears throat> do, do, do all the carpenters' tools do the same thing? No. No, not at all. Let me tell you something that the carpenter has laid on my heart and, and, and used in my life and through my life with others. One time, as I was a new pastor in a brand new church up in Nebraska, um, I got pulled in to watch the kids. I was barely a daddy myself. I was just, a, and, and the kids were crawling around, and the, it was during a ladies' Bible study, and they were studying, and I didn't know what to do. And so I looked around, and I found among the toys that had been donated for that. Hello? Yeah, I'm telling the story how we first met. What? Well, yeah, I would like for you to turn around and say hi. What? I know you're shy, but would you please? You'll take a look. Okay, take a peek. <laughs> he says most of you look okay. <laughs> Sammy Sheep and I'm shy. I know you shy, but what have you learned is important for a sheep to be? Oh, yeah. Be smart enough to know we're not smart enough. And be smart enough to know we're not strong enough. And be smart enough to know who is. Well, who is? Well, the good shepherd, silly. So what are you supposed to do with the good shepherd? Well, make sure the good shepherd is your shepherd. And then what? Look to, lean on, follow with the shepherd. What was that? Look to, lean on, follow along with the shepherd who loves us no matter what. That's what I do. That's what I do. Yeah, 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 Whoa. I'm not a ventriloquist. It's obviously me doing the talking. You know what I learned that day? Kids don't care. Those kids that have been running around all over the place, Sit down and just start watching. This object lesson time is really the heart of the message. The message that will come later in the service is just builds on this and, and as a part of this. Make sure you've accepted the gospel, the imagery of of carpenter to tools, yes, but also the imagery that we're talking about today is shepherd to his sheep. If you're in him, you're one of his lambs. And friends, let's be smart enough to know we're not smart enough. 
let's be smart enough to know we're not strong enough. And let's be smart enough to know who is. And let's look to, lean on, and follow along with the shepherd. Friends, that's what it's all about. What is experiencing God all about? Looking to, leaning on, following along with the shepherd. Being used by the carpenter. How much can the tool do without the carpenter? How much? Apart from him, we can do be smart enough to know we're not smart enough. Smart enough to know we're not smart enough to know who is. There's a part of the uh, 23rd Psalm. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. As that was written and sung by the psalmist, he didn't know that mercy and goodness had a name, has a name. You know what his name is? Jesus. Isn't it good to know that as we follow him, he follows us, he follows us till we follow him? Let's just enter into these next songs, acknowledging his goodness, acknowledging his mercy, and let's just allow him, the carpenter, him, the shepherd, to do all that he wants to do in our lives and to our lives in this moment in time and any moments he gives us beyond this time. May it be so. May it be so. shepherd I shall not want. In green pastures he makes me lie down. He restores my soul and leads me on for his name, for his great name. Sure
that we have we praise him yeah you know when you feel like clapping just get right into it all right um, let's read aloud together our gospel reading John 10 I am the good shepherd the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep the hired hand is not the shepherd does not own the sheep so when he sees the wolf clump he abandons the sheep and runs away then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand, cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me. But you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. John 10, 11 through 15, and 25 through 30. Amen. Um, you know, we're going to skip a song. So I want to make sure we have enough time. Is that okay? What do you think? Okay. Let's move ahead to Lay Me Down. You all remain standing. You're going to need to for this song. Lifted high 
again. You may be seated. I realized something along the way. Uh, as I sought to understand this book, to really let this book get into me and me into it, I kind of wrestled with that sometimes. But then uh, God knew how he had wired me, how he had shaped me, and so uh, he began to show me something. This book here, it's a storybook. You know what? Four of my favorite words in the English language have always been once upon a time. I've always loved stories. My daddy would come in at night and tell us a story and get us to a real exciting part and then say, we'll continue tomorrow night. What? <laughs> I've always loved stories. Uh, then I realized one day, uh, this is a storybook. One story. 66 different books, but one story from Genesis, where it begins to unfold, to where it, in Revelation, is wrapped up to a point to where it continues the story on and on and on and on for eternity. But you know, this one story is filled with stories, and all those stories are meant to make a difference with our story. We'd like to highlight one of those stories today, again, We've already heard the core of the message, to be smart enough to know we're not smart enough, to be smart enough to know we're not, and smart enough to know who he is. And we're going to make sure he's ours, make sure that we've heard that good news and believed it, and once we are his, in him and he in us, <clears throat> we're going to, we're going to look to, lean on, and follow the shepherd. Um, so... There's a verse in the New Testament that says in uh, Romans 15, 4, it says these things, the, the things that were written beforehand, were written for our instruction, that we might have a future and a hope. So again, as Paul was inspired by God to write to the Romans those words, uh, he was thinking about the stories that were found in the Old Testament. Those things were written ahead of time, uh, written for us. And so uh, we'd like to pick a story out pick on a story from the story and step into it, if I might. And uh, I trust God to bring alive our imaginations and let you step into this story with me. And, uh, and let's see what this might have to say. Let's see, I have a storytelling robe here. So I'm going to slip onto this storytelling robe. Then I have another prop here I'm going to pick up. So once I've got the robe on, I'm going to pretend to be someone right out of the Bible. So just come along with me, and let's step into just a, just a, just a, a story from his story, which is a part of God's story. Settle in. Is Jesus here? Yes. If I'm not careful, you know what I do in my near place? I sat out here where you're sitting two weeks ago. I was blessed to be here. You know what I sometimes do? Now, what should I have done yesterday? Let's see. Oh, that's, oh. Now, tomorrow I better. Uh, 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 uh. 
You know, sometimes I get so caught up in yesterday or tomorrow that I miss right now. Take a deep breath. Settle in. In fact, just take a moment. And uh, if you want to close your eyes, you may. And just say a little prayer. Just say a, a prayer as a tool of his, as a sheep of his. Just let him know that you want to hear from him. You want to continue to hear from him because we've already been hearing from him through the music and what's been shared. All right, I got to shush and get into the story. So you be praying that. As I begin to talk again, it'll be from the viewpoint of that story. So you're, open to open, you're welcome to open your eyes and step into it or just keep your eyes shut and let your imagination take it from there. The day started out very normal, very regular. <laughs> I was watching the sheep. I'd been doing so for about 40 years, <laughs> watching those. You know, <clears throat> they say sheep are dumb. They're not dumb. They're just not very smart sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. But anyway, that's a whole other story. Anyway, <clears throat> I was out watching the sheep, and, and, and then I saw just a little, little spark up on the hillside. I thought, that's not unusual, a stray piece of lightning, hit an old dry piece of underbrush and burn it up. So I just kept on watching the sheep, doing what I need to do to kind of get them in place. And I looked up, huh, that was still burning. That must be quite a brush pile. I kept on, that thing kept on burning and burning. Sheep was doing okay, and curiosity got the best of me. I had to go check this out. So I went on up. As I got close, I realized it was just a small bush. It was a big fire, intense fire. I thought, wow. And I got a little closer, and <laughs> then the bush talked to me. <laughs> At first, I thought maybe I was out in the sun a little bit too long. <laughs> and the bush told me to take off my sandals because I was on holy ground. I decided it was not best to argue with the burning bush <laughs> so I took off my sandals I closed my eyes I'm taken back to that moment I can still feel the hot hot sand under my bare feet I can still feel the heat of that big fire intense fire from that little bush when the bush went on talking I'm the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob Huh? I knew this God. Ever since I was a little boy, the, the lady who did a lot of the raising of my life used every excuse in the world to tell me stories about this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, how he created everything, how he created the first, and the old wrestly serpent comes, story after story after story, Abraham, Isaac, story, story after story, story. Leading up to a story, she liked to tell this story about this little boy born, what shouldn't have been popularly born, end up being put in a basket, floated down the river, found by the princes, raised. Oh, I love those stories. Oh, by the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This was that God. What? Then he went on talking. 
said he'd heard the groanings of his people. You know what I thought when he said that? It's about time. And I knew who he was talking about. He's talking about those children, Abraham, back there in slavery. And he, I knew it. They'd been groaning and crying out for, to him for centuries. He's just now hearing them? Then he went on. He said he wanted me to go back and be a part of setting them free. <laughs> if he's really this God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he knows I already tried. <laughs> you see, somewhere along the way, as I grew to be a man, I realized that little baby put in, the, in that basket, floated, found by the princess. That little baby was me. I was raised in the palace when I belonged down there with the slaves. Why me up there and them down there? Then one day it began to dawn on me. God allowed me to be up there so that someday I could use my position, my place, my power to do something to set them free. I just knew it. So, so I set out to do something. I did. First day I found, a, I found one of those Egyptians doing what they love to do, and that's beating on one of those Israelite slaves. And I thought, i got to help that fellow. So I took on that Egyptian. That slave couldn't fight for himself, but I could fight for him. Unfortunately, I had to end the life of that Egyptian. Buried him in the sand. I thought, well, at least that's a start. So a day soon after that, I went out to keep it going. And I, and I found two of the Israelites fighting, kind of wrestling with each other. And I... And, and I out of a part. I said, hey guys, come on now. If we're going to really, we, got, we can't be fighting like this. And then they both turned on me. At the same time, said, what are you going to do? <laughs> going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian and bury us in the sand? Whoa, whoa. If they knew, the word would finally get, soon get to Pharaoh. And the Pharaoh knew, oh. And that's when I ran. Ended up on the backside of nowhere watching sheep for 40 years. And now, now, well, well, well if, if, if I were to go back, who should I say sent me? I am. All right. I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know I couldn't go back. And then he asked me a question. He said, what did I have in my hand? Well, I had what any shepherd would have in his hand. I had a... This ordinary rod, staff, he wanted me to throw it down. Okay. It turned into hi there. It turned into a snake. A poisonous snake. Now I'd not stayed alive in the backside of the wilderness for 40 years, cuddling up to poisonous snakes. So I ran. Then he called me back. <laughs> okay, here I am. <laughs> what? You want me to pick it up? <laughs> By the where? <laughs> See, if I was going to pick it up, which I, I'd rather not do, I'd pick it up right behind the ears if it had ears. <laughs> if I pick it up by the tail, you know, that thing, I whip around and I'll die. It hit me. That's what he wanted. I failed him. The only thing I was ever supposed to do. So 
who just wanted me to die. That's all right with me. I did fail him. I was nothing but a big failure. So I'll just die. A snake writhing on the ground. Get the tail, get the tail. He was writhing, writhing, writhing. So I grabbed that tail, closed my eyes, expected the fangs to come around and bury in my hand and send his poison through my body, and I'd just die. And then I realized I wasn't holding a snake no more. It was a rod. God finally convinced me, and I headed back for Egypt. With this rod in my hand. But friends, I can't say it's mine anymore. It became his. When? When I threw it down and took it up his way. I surrendered it to him. It became... Oh, the things, the things. <laughs> I ended up standing before Pharaoh. Let the people go. <laughs> he looked at me and laughed. God kind of nudged me. Throw my rod down again. I did. It became a snake again. <laughs> then all of the magicians of Pharaoh threw down their staffs, and they became snakes too. And I thought, oh, no. And then I watched as my snake ate up all theirs. <laughs> I could tell you story after story, plague after plague. God using this old stick again and again and again until the death angel passed over, firstborn of every house except where the blood was. Then Pharaoh said, get him out. And friends, I let a parade. I let a victory parade. A folk been in slavery generations. And as I did, oh, friends, it hit me. I'm kind of like this old stick. What happened up to that moment. And, and the stories I could keep on telling you from a sea parting to a battle where I, I could tell you story after story after story. But each story, friends, listen to me, listen to me. It was not me doing my best for him, but letting him do his best through me. Did you hear the difference? If he can use an old stick, he can use an old sunburned shepherd. And what he did, the glory doesn't go to me, but it goes to him because... If not my best for him, but his best through me. It wasn't a matter of me deciding what was to be done and talking him into blessing me. It was him inviting me to get on the blessing of going where he was going. A cloud by day, a fire by night, just following after. That's what it's about. That's what I've learned. Every time I see this rod of his, it reminds me of a of a sheep of his, me. Not my best for him, but his best for me. Laying it all out, surrendering it all, taking it up his way. Not going where I want it, not making him go where I want him to go, but following him where he wants. Oh, friends. Not my best for him, but his best for me. 
God has used that story powerfully in my own life. Powerfully in my own life. I'd come out of and, and started attending a school down in Bolivar, Missouri. And I was just working my hardest for Jesus, working my hardest for Jesus. This was the kind of the pattern I was in. I'd do my best for Jesus, my best for Jesus. Then they'd have a revival service around these here parts and this here church in a different building. <laughs> and I'd feel guilty about all the stuff I wasn't doing, so I'd run for it and rededicate myself to work harder for Jesus. I'd work for about a day or two. <laughs> I was kind of in that pattern. I don't know if you've ever been there. That's kind of where I was. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to work harder. Then I ended up in a church in a chapel service down at Southwest Baptist. I was only there because I used up all my absences. I did my homework as the as the tool from God was speaking that day. He finished speaking. They started giving invitation. I knew I had to go forward, and I went forward that day. But I'd promised him again and again and again, "I'll do my best for you. I do my best for you. I do my best for you." That day they were singing a song. I didn't know what else to, to say, so I made that song my prayer. I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. I threw my life down before him that day. I went on to a seminary down in Fort Worth, Texas. There was a guy who ended up speaking to a, a bunch of us in a dormitory there. Used the story I just shared with you. And, it, and God used it, throw myself down, day by day by day. Not my best, but my... The, one last tool I want to share with you that God used to kind of move me along the pathway. I was pastoring that church where I met my puppet friend. Came across some material by a guy by the name of Henry Blackaby. Some guy who had been a pastor up in Canada, Saskatchewan, Canada, I think. You know what he began to talk about in there? It's not a matter of us dragging God where we want him to go, but to find out where he's going and join him. Not our best for him, but his best through us. Friends, I want to invite you, and I want to invite myself. Let's just get in on what he's up to. Let's just experience him, shall we? If you're not in one of these groups, please get in one of these groups. Consider it. If you feel nudged to that, please, please. It's about what we've, it's just experiencing God in the, in, in, in the crazy, in, you begin to seem, and the, the other day, my mom and my brother and I were just leaving Walmart from doing, just picking up something in there, and in walks Monty and Laura of First Baptist Church, dear friends of my sister-in-law, Linda. Just, just happened. I mean, what are the odds of that, huh? Just a few moments together. Uh, just, I think it was, was yesterday, yeah, I was coming... This time I was going into Walmart to grab something, and it just so happens, of all the times I could have been going in there, out comes Kelly Griffey. Just happens. Standing in line at Subway. Just happened. There was this guy standing behind me with a P 
Patriots sweatshirt. So I began a little conversation with him. We visited a little bit, and I said, well, what's your name? He said, my name's Levi, who's hiding back in the sound booth today. Did I know he was? No. Friends, God's at work in the little ways, the big things. Let's just experience him. Let's move with him. But to do that, we need to surrender it all. Just lay it down before him. I can't, but you can. Be smart enough to know we're not. Be smart enough to know we're not. And smart enough to know who he is. I love this. Pastor Randy was contacting some of us to fill in until Pastor Pat could get here. And I was going to do it earlier and then later and because we're in the middle of some moving stuff with my mom. And it's just, whoa. But it happens that I happen to be here this week. I look back. I was here two weeks ago. You know what the, 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 my, the alumni, the professor from where I went to college, he talked about our identity in Christ. In Christ. Just happened to. Our identity in Christ. And then last week, did you hear those testimonies last week? Huh? Testimony after testimony after testimony. What were those testimonies? They were testimonies of folks who realized their best wasn't good enough. And through their hurts, through their habits, through their hang-ups, they laid it all down. And they're finding freedom from not doing their best for him, but letting him do his best through them. I'm going to ask the worship team to come back on up. We're going to close this portion of our service. I have just one final last little word once we sing this. But let's make this our prayer. Our deacon of the week will be right up here if you need someone to pray with. But what you might consider doing, what you might consider doing during this song is as we've shared today, if there's something, a hurt, habit, or hang-up, maybe a, a, a great talent you have, maybe it's a blessing of your family, something, someone you need to put down before him, <clears throat> I'd ask you to consider maybe just walking to the front, just kind of symbolically lay it down before him, then walk back to where he was, or maybe just kneel at the front, or just do it from where you're at. Let's make this our prayer I surrender all as God leads you to do that this song is just acknowledging we're not smart enough we're not strong enough we're going to surrender the one who is that's what it's all about let's stand let's pray this song unto our Lord
imagine with me for a moment. <clears throat> you have this extraordinary carpenter <clears throat> who has a hammer he's been using. He's been using that hammer on one particular place and one particular among us once in, in one set of tools for 20 years. He's been working and working and working. Finally, the carpenter says, you know, I think it's time that, uh, that, that you not quite have the same use that I've used you with before, but I'm going to leave you in the toolbox you've been in, but you're going to have a whole different position there. And the uh, carpenter brings along another tool, a little newer, a little fresher, a little bit more growing up to do, <laughs> as we all do. And uh, interestingly, huh? The, and oh wow! And this hammer is quite happy about this, and honored about this, and is willing to take whatever role the carpenter has for him, and let this one take kind of the role that this hammer's been having. Sound kind of familiar what's happened around here? God has used Pastor Randy 20 years. Is he going to quit using Pastor Randy? He's bringing on a Pastor Pat. Next week will be his first week here as pastor. And we're grateful that Pastor Randy's going to still hang around as far as we know the shepherds, the, the carpenter. You know, <coughs> the hammer being used and the different roles they're doing, but you know what stays the same? You know what hasn't changed and won't change? The carpenter. The carpenter. So friends, please, as a word of encouragement, don't compare this one to this one because that's a trap the old devil would have us play into. Let this one be all that God has wired him to be and let this one continue to be who he's wired to be. But let him take on the new role that he's going to be having is just among you, serving with you, serving with... It. And let's experience what God... I saw God work through a Mr. Dunning. He used to have a furniture store down in the corner of the square. As my Sunday school teacher, many times he'd be teaching from the Word and just begin to weep. Or a Joyce Halbrook, also a teacher. A Bob Booth, training union. Some of you remember training unions. <laughs> S. Richard Wallace. Look through the history annals. <laughs> he was a pastor here once upon a time. He's the one that was pastoring when I accepted Christ with my daddy. He's the one that baptized. Anyway, does... But what stayed the same, different? Is the story of First Baptist Church ending? No, no a brand new chapter. Let's stay tuned to what he's got. Let's stay tuned. But right now, uh, let's, uh, let's move on. Let's see what God has for us next. But remember, do we just experience God here? Because God is everywhere, all the, even in Subway. <laughs> Let's stay tuned. Let's not miss out. God bless you. Have a good rest of your day.